Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, Stephen. Uh, this is Brenda, a.k.a. Brennosaur, a.k.a. Herrerasaurus. And um, I'm a first-time caller, long-time listener, and, uh, wow, uh, what a great day today has been. Um, I woke up to a Facebook notification that my friend had tagged me in a, an article about the return of our beloved three. And so I then immediately went over to our Sea Jurassic Bright group just to, like, you know, really confirm that it was true. And, yes, it, it all was. Um I saw that you and Brenna actually got to go and be at the event where Colin made the big announcement, and I think that's so cool, and I'm so happy that y'all were able to make it after all. Um, can't even imagine the emotions that were going on there. Um, yeah, I just can't believe that this is actually happening, and I'm beyond excited that my Jurassic dream is actually going to come true. <laughs> and um, oh, I wanted to say hi to everyone in the Facebook group. And, and it's been really fun reading everyone's reactions. <laughs> and I guess life uh, 
really does find a way. <laughs> Y'all take care. Welcome to See Jurassic Right, the mini-sode, quote-unquote, hey, it's Stephen Ray Morris, I'm back, I've missed you, it's been another spotty, it's been an, uh, this year, 20, I almost said 2020, <laughs> that's a question for the end of the episode, uh, this year's been insane, but I love you all, and I'm still very sore from the Jurassic World 10K, I appreciate people's comments and support, I, I can't, when I signed up for that, I... It seems so far away. And then the day came and it's like, you're going to wake up at four in the morning and go run up and down the hills at Universal. I'll talk about it a little bit more later, but it was super fun. And I'm so glad I did it. And I really want to do it again next year. Uh, maybe I'll train this time. Uh, how's everyone doing? It October was such a big month. I honestly think I needed November to catch up with everything. Uh, so I appreciate all of your patience. This is going to be a good episode. We're going to really, we actually have a lot of news. I mean, it's old news by the time this comes out, but uh, I haven't really gotten a chance to talk about it uh, at all other than just kind of reposting things and stuff. And, you know, in between episodes, that's what's been really keeping me alive is, oh, that's another hit for later, uh, is just getting to... Uh, share on social and seeing all of your reactions and stuff like that. Um, a few announcements up top. Uh, I was a guest on the Dark Weeb podcast, uh, which is, if you don't know that podcast, it's comedian Brody Reed and, uh, podcast king now turning into writing king, Cody Ziegler. Uh, he does the podcast Scam Goddess. Yo, um, is this racist? Uh, and now he is actually leaving it all to go write on She Hulk. Uh, and also he wrote on Craig of the Creek, which is a great show. I'm super excited for him. And about mm, a couple weeks ago, uh, I was a guest and we talked mostly Jurassic Park toys and stuff. And it was such a blast and battle at Big Rock. Um, both Brody and Cody. Oh, their names are wrong. I never thought about that. Uh, they're both two big sweethearts and it was such a, such a blast to talk Jurassic with them. Uh, so go check that out. Obviously, I hope everyone had a great, I'm saying, I hope everyone had a great Halloween. It's November 21st. Uh, but as we transition from Halloween to Thanksgiving for us, uh, uh, for us Yankees, us American blokes, um, to Christmas, uh, I still, I mean, honestly, I didn't feel like I got to celebrate Halloween like during the month of October. So I feel like I've been keeping the dream alive into November. I hope you enjoyed the episodes with Luce Tomlin Brenner and also, uh, Chris Permonte, aka Montioc and, you know, Brenna White, aka Bonnie Puns, aka Beeksels was in both episodes too. It was so much fun to get to, uh, just kind of do kind of fun, casual, you know, chat stuff, scariest moments, all that, everything like that. Yeah, let me know if you want more stuff like that. We talked Carnosaur 2, and then we also talked scariest Jurassic Park moments. That was really fun. Later in this episode, we're going to get to your get to your responses about that, because it's actually funny, because Clayton Fioriti just did a video about why there should be a Jurassic Park survival horror game. And I've been watching on his channel him play these, like, really cool sort of survival horror demos that somebody's made for Jurassic Park. So... 
I think I still think it's relevant. Jurassic Park is always going to be scary or parts of it anyway. So um, I actually am going to, uh, yeah, I'm going to read the the comments that you guys said what your scariest moments were for Jurassic Park later in this episode. Um, but yeah, those two episodes are really fun. Carnosaur 2. It's funny because I bought it off Amazon, as I mentioned in the episode, and the thing keeps popping up like, are you satisfied with your purchase? And I just want to be like, listen to this podcast, uh, which would be interesting. Uh, <laughs> so a couple of other announcements. Uh, last year, I did a gift exchange, which was super fun. Let me know if you want to do that again. Uh, I, th- I forget the website. Elfster, I think I did it on. Let me know if you want to have a gift exchange again. And if you live in Los Angeles, I think because I've been slacking at the latter part of this year, uh, two things. I think we should do Jurassic January, which will be a celebration of Jurassic World because Jurassic World is going to celebrate its fifth year anniversary in 2020. Also, if you're paying attention, Jurassic World isn't a Christmas movie, but it's certainly a post Christmas, New Year's, still on Christmas break kind of movie. Um, so I think we should do Jurassic January. I think that should that be a thing. I think that should be a thing. Should it be a thing? I think that should be a thing. And as a way, because Jurassic World 3 is going to start filming in February. Isn't that insane? I can't believe we're already here. So, oh, and also, I did a Jurassic Park trivia uh, night back, way back when Fallen Kingdom came out. So many amazing people. Obviously, Brenda was there, and Maddie, and Faith, and all the Jurassics, um, you know, and I can't even... I mean, there's just so many, I mean, Ash and Chris Vermonte celebrated that night. Just so many wonderful people. It was one of the best nights of 2018, hands down. And uh, I'm going to be doing something similar to that in January. So stay tuned. I'm just going to sneak peek it now. But um, let's get into this news. Uh, Obviously, because I talked about how Jurassic World 3 is filming uh, in February. So we got a lot of news. I printed out paper. That's how... That's how serious I am. Uh, oh, but a c- couple of quick things. Uh, Jurassic World Alive is now um, Jurassic World Alive live tour. What? Oh, Jurassic World live tour. I called it Jurassic World Alive. Again, another hint for something later in this episode. Uh, <laughs> Jurassic World Alive tour is is happening. And apparently they are coming to California uh, next year. So I'm definitely going to try going to that. I'm going to try to go to that. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to try to go to that because it looks really fun. And I think as far as talking about, you know, this sort of ancillary tie in media, everything like that, we haven't we don't have a lot. (laughs) We don't have a lot, you guys. So uh, I've heard that the Jurassic World Live Tour really is a really cool Edition, and there's actually going to be an article from Tom Jurassic that I am going to shout out later in this episode that talks about that a little bit as well. But have you gone and seen the live tour? Let me know how it is. The merch looks great. Over at, uh, Tim over at Collect Jurassic uh, was showing some off, and it looks really sweet. Um, speaking of other new stuff, uh, I really got to play Jurassic World Evolution. They're just releasing this DLC uh, over the last couple days uh, called, Ret- or I don't think it's out yet. No, it comes out December 6th or 5th, I believe. Oh, coming December 5th. Uh, <laughs> or no, December 10th. It's from, it's, <laughs> I got this link from Tom, and, it, and it's, 
the the UK dates, you know, it goes day, month, and then year. Um, but that comes out in December, and it's called Return to Jurassic Park, where they're basically reskinning all of Jurassic World Evolution to look like Jurassic Park, and having Dr. Ellie Sattler, Dr. Alan Grant, and Dr. Ian Malcolm come back as well. And I don't know if it's been confirmed. It didn't seem like it confirmed that the that our faves would be doing the voices, but maybe they are because Jeff Goldblum did the voice in Jurassic World Evolution, so uh, maybe all three are coming back. So let's just dive into the Jurassic World three news. Tons of new casting news, which has gotten me really excited. But I wanted to approach, you know, just trying to wrap up all this news into one one bite sized kind of thing. The big questions, I think going into Jurassic World 3, as we go into 2020, the big questions I'm so curious about, what does Dr. Ellie Sattler's major role mean? Obviously, I covered it in the last mini about Laura Dern returning in a major role, not a cameo, as their words, as Colin Trevorrow's words were. Oh, I totally forgot I met Colin Trevorrow last month. Wow. <laughs> Look, sometimes you got to stop and smell the big pile of shit. No, sometimes you got to stop and smell the roses, you guys. Uh, and that's just hitting me now that that happened. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I met Colin Trevorrow. That's so cool. Um, but, uh, didn't get to me, Laura Dern, maybe one day. Uh, although this is just another new news, uh, that I just remembered right now. I look like Laura Dern, uh, Maria Wojcikowski. She met, if I've interviewed her, I interviewed on back in season one, I interviewed her about her Instagram about, you know, doing, recreating Laura Dern moments. Uh, and she actually got to meet Laura Dern, which I think is really cool. I haven't talked to her about it yet, but it looks like it was amazing and the best. Uh, but yeah, so the big questions I think about as we're going into 2020, what are these big things that I'm thinking about and what a lot of the news today, I think, uh, over the last month has been, which is what does Dr. Sattler's major role mean? With such a huge cast, what kind of movie is it? Globetrotting adventure, maybe. Uh, and I also think, uh, what is the legacy of Jurassic Park? We're getting the return of Dr. Sattler, Dr. Grant, Dr. Malcolm, and with another interview uh, where Emily and Colin talk about Jurassic Jurassic World 3 as Jurassic Park 6, I think that there's going to be some sort of... I think Fallen Kingdom really was about the legacy of Hammond, but I wonder what the legacy of Jurassic Park is, and, and I wonder how that's going to come into play with so many returning cast members from the original. Um, so some of the news, uh, a lot of this news today is coming from Jurassic Park Podcast, coming from Forbes, Jurassic Outpost, Variety, Deadline... Um, and this Malta website, <laughs> which I didn't list in my list. Where is it? Uh, Newsmalta.com. Okay. So uh, that's one thing that's really interesting is that Jurassic World 3 is possibly going to be filming in Malta. Or, I, you know, if we're not going back to Hawaii, you know, where we know we're going to be filming at Pinewood Studios. Uh, which they filmed Fallen Kingdom at for all the set stuff. So what other on-location stuff are we going to film? Um, and Malta, if people don't know, is a very... It's Mediterranean, so... And it's like beach, beautiful... Uh, uh, you don't see me, but in the studio, I'm like, uh, uh, bobbin, bobbin, and weave it. And I don't know. I don't really know what that means, but I... Uh, again, club trying adventure, maybe. Uh... <laughs> uh and so, I, I went to look into this. So, the previously announced cast before uh, before September was Bryce Dallas Howard, that was con and, and Chris Pratt. That was confirmed in Entertainment Weekly in February of 2018. And everyone's listed: B.D. Wong, Isabella Sermon, and then I also included Blue and Rexy. Those four are confirmed, but I, I haven't seen any official sources. That's just been kind of a given that B.D. Wong and Isabella Sermon are returning, which 
Obviously, I think that is a no-brainer in Blue and Rexy. Oh, that'd be so weird if Rexy didn't show up in Fallen Kingdom. I mean, that could be interesting. They could, like, spin that off into Rexy going on her own adventure that doesn't have anything to do with the main cast. But I almost think that Rexy... Rexy isn't going to be part of the main plot of Jurassic World 3, I think. That's just my own feeling. But we're going to get a scene with Rexy in it because kind of like a send-off. But I don't think she's going to play a huge role in Jurassic World 3. Mark my words. I'm very thankful that people are saying that Isabella Sermon is going to be back because I would, you know, there was that kerfuffle about the time jump and stuff that Chris Pratt was saying, I or the state of the world. But I think that was just kind of miss. I think that was taken, blown out of proportion. I think it's just talking about, I think they're going to move things along in the three years between Fallen Kingdom and Jurassic World 3. I don't think we're going to jump like 10 years in the future. But if they did, that would mean that they obviously wouldn't use Isabel Sermon because she's still a little girl. But well, she's a teenager, I guess now. But uh, yeah, I, I, I really like Isabel Sermon's performance as Macy. I think she's one of the best things, if not the best thing about Fallen Kingdom. So I would really hate for them to age her out uh, for some reason. I don't know. It has to be a really good reason. Uh, but since September, we've gotten Laura Dern, obviously, major role, not a cameo, Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum. And then in October, we got two new casting. Um, and I apologize if I mispronounce the names. Uh, but, mm, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I, this is the first time I'm actually trying to say these names out loud. I was like, I thought I tried this already. Uh, Mamudao. Athy, and he was actually in the get down with Justice Smith. And in the article, uh, they listed him as lead role. And then DeWanda Wise, uh, also a newcomer uh, from She's Gotta Have It, she's also listed as a leading role. And I thought it was really interesting uh, because on Colin, on Colin, on Twitter, <laughs> uh, Colin said, can't wait to, can't wait to work with. Mamudao Athi, amazing actor. And then Colin said on Dewanda Wise, hero. And then actually Neems, you know him from uh, Nima Neems, you know him from all the amazing posters he does, the movie poster guy. Um, Neems asked if Wise was playing Kelly grown up or not, which Vanessa Lee Chester is still out there, still working, still kicking, doing amazing things, being hilarious, being amazing. Uh, she's the best. Um, so I, I appreciate that Colin answered saying this is a brand new character quote on Twitter uh, to really just stop those rumors now. Um, because, yeah, that would be a shame if if uh, it was like an Independence Day. Oh, my gosh. I can't remember the actor's name when she didn't get to c- c- uh, Mae Whitman. Mae Whitman. Yeah. When she didn't get to come back and play her character grown up in Independence Day, which was a real shame. So I appreciate Colin stepping ahead of that and being like, hey, DeWanda Wise, brand new character, hero. And then by Collider, uh, I have to wait. I have to give props to these people writing the articles. Uh, Nope. I went too many pages. There we go. All right. So. Uh, oh yeah. So, uh, uh, Amanda and Duca was on deadline, uh, about Mamuda Athi and then Justin, uh, Justin Kroll. I was like, Nick Kroll, Justin Kroll, uh, Nick Kroll's brother, uh, Justin Kroll over variety, uh, reported on DeWanda Wise. And then, uh, Jeff Schneider over at Collider. <laughs> His name rhymes reported that Daniela Pinita and Justice Smith are returning for Jurassic World three, which in, in all this new casting news, and especially with the returning main cast, I was growing 
increasingly concerned that Daniela Panita and Justice Smith would not be returning as Zia and Franklin because even though they have, I mean, they're side characters in Fallen Kingdom, but with kind of, again, these, these concerns about the legacy of Jurassic Park and our big heroes coming back from those, from that movie, I just was like, is there room for, for Zia and Franklin or are we going to spin them off into their own adventures? And, in an interview with M- in an interview with Empire, in an interview in Empire with Colin, he says the next film allows the legacy characters to be part of the story in an organic way. Emily Carmichael and I call it Jurassic Park Six because it is. And soon we'll see where they all ended up 20 years later. You start asking the most basic questions. Who are these people now? What do they make of the new world they're living in? And how do they feel being part of its history? Teases Trevorrow. Ultimately, it will be a collaboration with the actors. They know and love these characters. We'll do it together. And in an interview with Forbes, excuse me, um, Frank Marshall was interviewed, producer, And he says, why the franchise remains beloved and has grown in popularity is, according to the mega producer, very simple. Marshall explained, it's about the dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are timeless and they, and they were here. We're not dealing with superheroes. We're not dealing with science fiction. We're dealing with science fact. Uh, we are in full production at Pinewood Studios in London. We plan on shooting in February of next year, 2020. So that is all very much in motion. He updated. So again, I think when you bring all this news together, I mean, like the cast okay you know okay how many people we got here we got i'm making room we got bryce Ellis howard we got chris pratt we got bd wong we got isabel sermon we got blue we got rexy we got laura dern we got sam neal we got jeff goldblum we got mamuda athi we got dewanda wise we got daniela panita and we got justice smith we have we we don't we we don't even have the fellowship we have the company of dwarves over here uh from the hobbit <laughs> no um and ooh i would love to see martin freeman in a jurassic park movie anyway so that is a stacked cast that is i mean that might be the biggest cast the biggest like named cast I mean, Jurassic World seemed like it had a really big cast, but I mean, if you think about, you know, I love Judy Greer, but I mean, she's in it for very little, uh, you know, even I don't, it's here, here's, here are my thoughts on this. I think I, I keep thinking that it's going to be a globe trotting, globe trotting adventure dinosaurs, obviously where we left off in Fallen Kingdom, you know, everyone's kind of spreading out from uh Lockwood's Manor in California, Northern California. We have the incident at Battle of Big Rock, which is only a couple miles away. So it doesn't seem as far as you know leaving off at Battle and then obviously the promo clip or the 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 clips at the end, the sort of viral clips of the dinosaurs and stuff at the end of Battle of Big Rock show dinosaurs are spreading. But there's still gonna be a big leap between the end of Fallen Kingdom slash Battle of Big Rock into Jurassic World 3. But if you think about the the state of things between Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom, obviously the leap is going to be much bigger, but I think that there was such a leap. I mean, you leave Claire, she's like, hey, what do we do? You know, we stick together for survival. Boom, three years later, you know, um, uh, uh, Claire and Owen are broken up. There's the volcano that's suddenly active. Claire's part of the DPG. Um, 
Wu has apparently made an entirely new dinosaur, uh, you know, the, the Indoraptor that's grown and developed. So a lot had, de- had developed between those two movies. But I think it, the, the jump is going to be even bigger here, even though the time span is a little bit smaller or time span is the same, actually. But I mean, you see the Mosasaur free. You, you see the Allosaurus being taken away at the end. The Allosaurus and the Baryonyx being taken away by different companies. You see the briefcase of DNA being taken, being, um, you know, put away somewhere, you know, Wu's packing up and gets dragged out. So what I'm getting at is I, I and as I whispered a few times, we are going to be, I think we're going to be on a globetrotting adventure. I think it's going to be James Bond style. And I even think that, because I think this is going to allow for a lot of our legacy characters to return. Because I think the problem always has been, how do you get someone to an island? How do you get someone to an island? How do you get someone to this new park? But I think, I really do think that this is a problem that you can't ignore. And again, as Colin has said in past interviews, like way, way, way ago, uh, right after Fallen Kingdom came out, you know, this is, this is how, how do dinosaurs, how do, how do, um, how do dinosaurs and us coexist? You know, we're not on an island. We're not in this little like kind of bubble. Like this is, we're, I truly do think when we open up Jurassic World 3, like dinosaurs are just going to be, they're not going to like, it's not going to be Dinotopia, but I think it's going to be that thing like Battle of Big Rock, like you hear rumors in school and you have, and, and as Colin and Emily have mentioned, Battle of Big Rock is one of the first serious encounters, which I think takes place like a year after Fallen Kingdom. So again, it's not, I think... I don't know. It's really hard to think about. And I actually say, because I did that little time capsule thing a few months ago about what our predictions are for Jurassic World 3. But I feel like, especially with Dr. Sattler, you know, with Laura Dern having a major role, to me, that really kind of threw out a lot of ideas that I had about maybe what Jurassic World 3 would. I, th- I still think Macy and Blue are going to be important, but I think there's going to be a reason why we need Dr. Sattler. I think there's going to be something that relates to her that kind of ties everything together. Because I think if you have a cameo, if you have like Jeff, Jeff Goldblum's cameo in Fallen Kingdom, it's not really dependent on him as a character. It's more of like a nod to the book, the idea of the expert witness that in Michael Crichton's original Jurassic Park, uh, Grant was like called as an expert witness in these like environmental and you know, these climate change stuff. So I think that was kind of more of a nod to that. And it isn't really dependent on him as a character. Whereas I feel like to involve Laura Dern in the way that they're talking about, I think that there's going to be something fundamental that kind of happens to her. Maybe Charlie gets eaten. No, I don't know. I don't want, (laughs) I certainly don't want her motivations to be about, to be based on children like her kid being eaten or Mark Degler getting eaten or whatever. Look, do I want it to happen so that she can get with Dr. Grant? Sure. But I don't want her motivations to be, uh, based on those things. I mean, she's Dr. Ellie Sattler. When we last left off with her in Jurassic Park three, she was writing a book. Uh, she's getting that great poll quote. Uh, and yeah, I think she, I think, she was always the most present person in the original movie. And I think that there's going to be something that is happening to her. And that's why she's has a major role. That's why she's part of the movie and not just kind of set dressing like, or, you know, uh, Malcolm was more of like the narrator of the bookend, you know? So I don't know. What do you guys think? (sighs) I mean, we're going to start finding out stuff sooner or later, especially as we go into 2020. So that's kind of all my, Food for thought on 
on that. And I mean, there's just so much amazing news. Are you excited for the casting? I'm really excited. I'm so glad we're going to this really cool, diverse cast. I haven't seen anything that uh, Mamudu, Athi, and Dewanda Wise have been, but I think I just am so stoked for a big cast. I, I think, I mean, that's, I mean, the great thing about Jurassic Park was that everybody was important. And I think since Lost World, I think Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park 3 and Fallen Kingdom have really used their cast really well. I, th- I feel like Jurassic World and The Lost World, I think their cast kind of got away with themselves. And I feel like people were, I don't know if wasted is the right word, but I feel like you know, Jurassic Park, you remember every character, you know, there was no small parts in that sense, you know, and I hope that that's the case with Jurassic World 3. I'm hoping that even if all these characters aren't together, like, in my mind, if this is a globetrotting adventure, that there would be teams of people reporting from the field, like to Claire, like she's the one who's kind of heading up this new iteration of the DPG that's kind of dealing with these dino problems, these dino threats. Dino threats, as Tom has has said a few times. Uh, <laughs> love you, Tom. Like, that's for me, like, I think if you have... Because I would be fine if Daniela and Justice were in it, like, the same way Lex and Tim were in The Lost World. Like, I'm fine with them having a small role in the beginning or something like that. But almost, like, the, the idea, the hint, the sort of Star Wars Marvel idea of, like... Okay, we check in with, uh, with, um, Zia and Franklin and they're off doing stuff for Claire. They're off kind of on their own mission. And so maybe it, they're going on their own White Castle. And, you know, that's the sort of thing where it's like, yeah, we don't necessarily need to see the fruits of their labor per se, but to know, uh, that they're out there doing stuff would be really cool. Or, or again, just playing sort of a supplementary role to the larger story. But I just don't think the story is obvious. I don't think, because even Fallen Kingdom, the story wasn't really about them, uh, but they were there for the ride. So, but I think that's the way you get people involved in the adventure. I think that's how you get a Sarah Harding cameo with Julian Moore. I think that's how you get Jake Johnson to come back for a minute too. I think that's how you cut to Enid, uh, Oklahoma, and you got freaking, uh, you know, Taylor Leone and William H. Macy, uh, you know, and Trevor Morgan back, you know? Oh no, I hope, tre- I hope Eric Kirby isn't still at home working for uh, Kirby's Paint Tile Plus. I hope he's moved far away and done something with his life because he deserves it. Um, after surviving eight weeks on Isla Sorna? Okay. <laughs> so, there's so much to chew on, uh, which I also want to point you to. Speaking of Tom Jurassic, uh, I'm not going to go into all the details because I... Because, uh, you know, I, I'm Jurassic World Tour isn't coming, coming towards me anytime soon. So I haven't really been paying attention to it that much. But Colin Javara made it. It's a little bit of a controversy, this idea of canon, soft canon. And I think in, in, in the day and age of Marvel and Star Wars, you want everything to count. And with Jurassic Park, we have so little. We have so little. We have one book. We have... Jurassic World Live Tour. And even that's called into question. Jurassic World Level, you know, we don't have much to go on, but we want this larger universe. And so, Colin Trevor recently made some statements about maybe the Jurassic World Live Tour not counting as much as, as kind of original statements were. And anyway, this is just an excuse to go read Tom's writing. He's great. Uh, it's over at Jurassic Outpost. Um, Jurassic Outworld and Soft Cannon, a counter, counteractive and convoluted conundrum. I love that wordplay. Uh, um, so I'm going to put a link to that. 
and also speaking of other great community articles, man, I love our community so much. Um, Victoria over at Victoria's Cantina and ugh, the stupid stuff with Kappa and YouTube and stuff. Go support Victoria. She does amazing work. Uh, and so she might be not, she's probably not going to be doing toy reviews anymore because of all this stupid stuff. So, but she's done amazing work and the podcast she does with Tim collect Jurassic world. Go, go support her that way. She's got some merch and stuff. Go support her. But she did a really great article last month about all the Q- QC issues playing Mattel and it's that thing of like the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, like the Jurassic World, the Jurassic toys have been so great for Mattel, but the, the, the sort of in-between movie years, you know, there's a couple of misplaced eyeballs. And so I think there, there's something to talk about there. And it's really interesting. Um, so I'll put a link over uh, to Victoria's article uh, to read because it's really good and you should go support everything she does. And uh, I'm going to actually just bring this up now. <laughs> I'm like looking at my notes. I'm like, I should have done that first. So uh, I want to just pause for a minute and uh, I'm going to insert an part of an interview. Well, this is the complete part of the interview. Anyway, on the podcast, which is the podcast I do with Sarah Iyer, where we talk about cats, we've been doing over 200 episodes and recently we did an interview with Nathan, the cat lady. He's a really cool cat advocate and his cats are super sweet and he's got awesome cat style uh, for his apartment. Really like if you're, if you're somebody who has pets and wants to make your apartment for your pets, you know, for your cat specifically, he's somebody, he, he knows how to do it right. Uh, <laughs> see cat, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Nathan is also an actor, very talented actor. And he, uh, I was watching the Jurassic world. Um, I was watching, uh, I think, yeah. Cause Brenna had the fallen kingdom, like DVD or Blu-ray or something. She, we were watching it and we saw the, we saw, saw, uh, I saw a commercial for the Jurassic world alive app, which is the sort of Pokemon go, but with dinosaurs, I was playing it a lot a while ago. Um, but then it got too hot. So I stopped walking to work and then I didn't play it that much, but, uh, Nathan, the cat lady, he is actually in the, he's in, he stars in the Jurassic world alive commercial. And so I asked him a few questions about it. Uh, well, I was doing double duty. I was doing the percast and see Jurassic ride at the same time. So, uh, I nabbed that bit of interview and I saved it for here. So take a listen right now. And then when we come back, I'll get into what I've been up to Jurassic wise in the last month and a half. Uh, yeah, let's go listen to Nathan's interview. Wait, can I ask you briefly? Cause you were in a Jurassic World commercial. I was, yeah. yeah. Or Jurassic World Alive. Sorry, I'm, I'm co-opting this podcast for a second. Cause, well, but I mean, it's other, you know, animals and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Cause there's a, it's fine. We, I'll allow all, it. You know, I'll allow it. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> and I don't have, you don't need my permission is what I mean. Okay. Thank you. Well, also it, it relates to because when Sarah and I worked together briefly, at a place and it was the summer of Pokemon Go <laughs> where <laughs> where like in the office we, I remember one time we were like there's a Snorlax in the parking we lot we all ran down we, to the parking lot it yeah, was a great day <laughs> that was like such a great summer for like being at Princess is on is there another one there's, of those a, there's a shelf that's, oh, that's a, cool. it's for like spices and stuff she's the only cat that can get up there so oh, they nice. just leave it empty so she can jump up there and oh that's cool I just yeah. see a tail sticking out yeah. of the corner <laughs> nope, I mean, oh <laughs> Okay, okay. That's the cutest thing. Can I get my camera out fast enough? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. She had a video. She was up there one time trying to be cute, and I was doing a selfie one night, just being like, "Hey, princess, being cute." 
and she tried to roll to be cute and just completely fell off, <laughs> hit the counter, fell. And I was, I was speechless. I, was like, I don't, what? How? I mean, she landed on her feet eventually. Oh yeah, my I think gosh. she hit a few things on the way down. But, um, anyway, um, Jurassic. Oh, but I was, yeah. yeah so, yeah, um, they have a Jurassic World Alive is, is the Jurassic Park version of the Pokemon Go app right. that Sarah and I, uh, had a lot of fun with but yeah you were in the commercial for it but yeah. you, i mean you didn't unfortunately the dinosaurs aren't back here so you didn't you weren't reacting to anything real no i would i had a, a palm tree that they said the tree rex will be about that big like that was that was that was an intense day for me because i didn't know what i had booked um <laughs> the original rate for it was decent uh like lower end and so you know they're like you're going to this park be there at 7 a.m it's an it's a mobile app for a, a commercial huh. or, a, or a commercial for a mobile app and i went all right you know okay day rate it must be some you know small little app and i get there and i was like so what is this for and they go okay so this is for universal for jurassic world alive mm -hmm. there's 10 producers from universe from universal coming over right now mm -hmm. uh this 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 be and it was just this huge production they blocked off the park and it wow. so the end of the day they come up to me and they're like, okay, this is the last shot. You turn around and you see the T-Rex. Um, like, we got 30 minutes of daylight left to get this. The producers <laughs> are over watching you. I need you to go from terrified to shock to awe and you got about three seconds to hit all three looks um that's your eyeline right there see that tree okay and we ready and after, by this point a crowd had formed around the set and i was i was terrified i was like this is what am i doing today and see, it, so, it helped it's like method acting oh yeah yeah. Method, yeah exactly i was terrified of the producer like you just put a producer right up there and i'll just look them in the eyes the whole time but it ended up working out really well um and they got the shots it, it turned out to be a great spot and ended up it went from just being a little Facebook video to they were like, you know, we love this. Can we put this on TV? So they ended up paying more to put it on TV. Nice. And then they were like, yeah, you know what? Actually, we're going to put this on the DVD. So when, you start, movie, you. Yeah, when you start the <laughs> movie, yeah, when you start the movie, yeah, and it was that was pretty crazy too because they told me originally they were thinking maybe theater, uh, movie theaters, and they were mm -hmm. like, yeah, if we put it on the DVD or the theaters, we have to get everybody's approval. So we have to get the director and the producers. And oh. so. I like to think that Spielberg had to watch that and say, hey, this guy doesn't suck. Go for it. You know, so I, I somewhere along the line, I got his seal of approval, even if he will never remember or know. But well, I mean, he is known that he does. He does like watch everything. Wow. For stuff. Like he, he is. I think unlike some producers who it's like, cool, I can make an easy buck if I slap yeah. my name on something. I think I feel like he's known for or at least that's what he's kind of known for is that oh, princess looks so cute. You know? um, he's known for uh, wanting thorough. to wanting to at least say that he's yeah. seen it you know, instead well, of being like for that. Yeah, you're like, oh, that was a great mobile app thing. And he's like, what? You know, like, <laughs> we have a mobile app. What? Yeah, yeah. So that's just that, blacked out and approved a bunch of stuff. <laughs> I mean, I feel like some of those people are so busy approving things yeah. and watching stuff that I feel like, yeah, you wouldn't remember. Not literally blacked out, but just like he was busy and I mean, no disrespect to Mr. Spielberg. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Mr. Spielberg. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's a big Perkass fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if what he, if he is. Yeah. I, I see. I was I was in your Jurassic World Alive spot. Please notice me. Uh, Jurassic World Three is coming out in two years. Still plenty of time to cast Nathan. Uh -huh. And then it's There's like Wild Cats. I can I can be that. There we go. Well, I feel like uh, Jurassic World, like any theme park, would would probably have. Uh, you know, cats to help like the mice oh. and everything, you know? Or what about because dinosaurs are out in the world now um, and you still have Instagram influencers. So what if it was like Nathan the Dinosaur Lady and it's uh, like you got I, Instagram influencers who are like dinosaur people? Yeah, I could totally see that. Yeah. 
sitting there rubbing a T-Rex's belly, making a funny video. Yeah. All right, we're doing the, we're doing the Macarena with these little arms. Come on, buddy. We got this. <laughs> I think I think that's probably like, I could totally see them doing that because mm-hmm. recently there was a new short film that they did where it is set like with with dinosaurs like back in the world and they they basically took a bunch of like youtube videos or like stock footage videos and put dinosaurs in them in oh, kind of like everyday situations oh, so i could totally see that way of like yeah making it feel in universe and mm-hmm. you know and it's like you were you were in the alive app commercial so it's like oh my god the universe it's like it's all yeah. connected you know like uh-huh. full circle was planned the whole time guys they're brilliant yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, we're back. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Nathan. It was so, I was like, hey, I know that guy. Uh, that's always the most fun. Uh, I wanted to give a couple of quick shout outs right now uh, as we go into my adventures because I've been doing a lot of fun stuff over the last month. Um, very busy, very s- stressed, but also very fun. So, you know, it all comes together. Uh, over at My Favorite Weekend, which was the My Favorite Murder Festival cruise, but it was in Santa Barbara. Had a blast. Uh, and again, murderinos are super sweet. And the fact that they think about me when they see Jurassic Park or dinosaur stuff means the world to me. And Natasha, who had recently gotten out of the Peace Corps, gave me a freaking fossil. I don't know from when or how old or anything like that, but who cares? It's a real fossil. Uh, I posted that on the see jurassic right instagram so go take a look at that but again i hope you've gotten some rest natasha saying she was saying in her letter that she literally like got back from being in morocco in the peace corps and then literally went to my favorite weekend before seeing her family so natasha you're so sweet thank you um i have a fossil you guys what the heck um and then my dearest dearest friend roxy who i met through this podcast who lives in la now which is super awesome but she's flying everywhere so hopefully i get to see her soon but um she gave me the sweetest gift which was it was her mom's and it was it's it's a lot of things it's so interesting though so in 97 there is a jurassic park the ride themed nascar train set it's basically a couple of train cars a couple of nas cars cars uh uh dupont is the company i think the nascar 
you know, main sponsor or whatever. And yeah, it's very, it's funny because when I search on eBay sometimes for Jurassic Park stuff, uh, especially Jurassic Park 3 stuff, there's all this like NASCAR stuff that pops up sometimes because I think there was some, again, I think kind of this collaboration or sort of thing, but it's such a quirky, interesting I mean, it's a train set, but there's NASCAR. I don't know. There's just a lot going on. And it's very sweet of Roxy to give it to me. And, you know, I, I moved in February. I'm trying to get my place together. And I think one of my, my, my big plan is to have a wall or to have, I have these shelves where I want there to be a, excuse me, I want there to be a Jurassic Park you know, Jurassic dinosaur themed space. I want there to be a true crime space. I want there to be a cat space. And so, you know, this is the kind of stuff that it's like, oh man, I want to display that stuff because it's so weird. It's so unique. It's so cool. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to mention is that Dino Nick, uh, who's one of the coolest, uh, was holding on to a legacy Spinosaurus. For those that don't know, the um, Jurassic Park legacy Spinosaurus toy from Mattel just got got the shaft from target i believe or something with the supply thing and anyway like nobody's been able to get them nobody was able to get them and they go for crazy prices on ebay and stuff but dino nick had a couple extra and so over the jurassic world universal 10k run weekend he we finally met up because he ran the 5k him and his fiance emily who's the sweetest uh who's cousins with sarah mcnulty the squid ologist from ologies whoa this world is so small um <laughs> but it was just so funny because we all like brenda and i went with with nick and emily and we were like going into like the parking lot and like being like oh yeah you got a spine you know like opening your jacket like you're a drug dealer like it was just was it's such a surreal moment, but it just made me so thankful for this community and that kind of stuff. Again, I want to do the gift exchange. I really, okay, I've made up my mind. I really want to do the gift exchange, uh, but this time I will definitely mail my gift out on time. Oh, I'm the worst. Uh, but yeah, so that was just hilarious. So that, that I just wanted to point out those things because those were the sweetest, you know, and it's, I, I have the battle damage Spinosaurus as well too. And I took it out of the box and it's so fun. Um, so yeah, the last month I had a couple of really fun things that, I mean, again, a lot of you who are following along have, have participated in stuff and that's been really nice. Um, but just recapping it here, I feel like these, the, these estuary minisodes are going to minisodes. These estuary minisodes are almost like diaries or journals for me where it's like, what did I do this month? But, but if I go back, but if somebody was to like go back in time, they'd be like, wow, he only did Jurassic Park things, which is true. Uh, so it was really fun at the beginning of last month. Uh, my dad's moving to, my dad moved to Miami. So I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go, oh yeah. So I'm going to go to, I'm going to Salt Lake City in Miami for Christmas, which couldn't be two different places. I mean, they are two different places, but couldn't be more different places. Um, and I think we're going to go to the science museum there, which looks really cool. Um, because I don't think they actually have a natural history museum. I think their science center and natural history museum are kind of combined. Um, so I'm looking forward to that, but. My dad wanted me to just kind of help organize the attic because a lot of it is my shit. So I just went through the, I, I ended up doing a live stream where I was digging through all the toys and stuff. And honestly, most of it was Star Wars. I was actually surprised at how much is missing. But I also think, because a lot of Jurassic Park stuff, like I kind of would take, you know, one at a time, like as I got back into the fandom. So I would go home and like grab a figure here or there, grab a dino. Uh, so I was surprised, at, but I was kind of surprised at the lack of Jurassic Park stuff. Like, I don't know where my original Explorer is. Like, I have pieces of it, but I don't have the actual thing. And like, 
Yeah, so I didn't have as much stuff. Like, the, the, my Alan Grant figure wasn't there. My Only the hang gliding version of, of Ian Malcolm was there from The Lost World. So, yeah, I don't know. It was very surprising. But I ended up taking all my Jurassic Park stuff with me. I left the Star Wars stuff up there because it was just too much. It was like four boxes left, left, even though I've been getting back into Legos, Lego, excuse me. Sorry. Um, (laughs) even though I've been getting back into Lego, I left my old Lego at home. I just, I can't, I just, it was too, you know, I live in a one bedroom, so it's just a little too much, but, uh, I have like the gates from the, from the command center and stuff. I actually grabbed the command center, uh, with me too, which was the, cream of the crop there's that picture of me from christmas uh when i was six playing with the command center so it's weird to have it just sitting in the corner in my apartment now i'm like that thing was around when i was six that thing's over 25 years old it's wild so i uh yeah i don't know what i'm gonna do yet but i definitely want to take all those jurassic park toys and figure out something to do with them uh setting them up or maybe i'll give them the luna i don't know uh (laughs) brenna's daughter uh but yeah that was fun and then, yeah, just quickly to go through, uh, Sarah and I, uh, did a Percast live show in Seattle at See Me Out Con, which was one of, the, which was such a great festival, uh, great cat con, uh, over, over up in Seattle. I really hope they do it next year because I love Seattle. I didn't realize how much I love Seattle. Um, I, ho- I hung out with Colby and Alex again. Uh, Colby is a dear friend of mine. And, uh, every time I go to Seattle, I always try and see her and her husband, Alex, who's awesome. And, uh, yeah, we just kind of palled around a little bit, uh, over the weekend. Um, did the Space Needle. And then I went to the Burke Museum, which I've talked about before on the podcast, uh, cause I went with Colby and Alex the first time they right after i went the first time they shut it down for a few years to remodel it completely and now it's this so i recently went to that salt lake natural history museum which is a beautiful gorgeous modern structure because natural history museums you have two you have like two different kind of modes you have either like modern architecture postmodern like glass and steel and concrete and wood and then you have like Oh, we're an old museum from the past and now we got so many stuffed animals and taxidermy. Um, you know, like I think of the Dublin Museum and I think of the, 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 you know, the Natural History Museum in London. Well, you know, actually London's like a hybrid, but, uh, even the Los Angeles, um, the Natural History Museum here in Los Angeles is, you know, it kind of has those kind of historic Natural History Museum turn of the century vibes. Whereas the one in Salt Lake City, which Brenda took me to, and now the updated Burke, it's just modern. It's really cool. And it's organized like kind of, you know, dinosaurs on top. And then you're kind of like, you know, you kind of, you kind of make your way back in time, which I thought was really cool. And I got to go with, uh, with Renee, who, um, uh, what was I going to say? The first time we met was for when we did the, um, the Chicago, uh, field museum meetup and stuff. And I got to hang out with her and her sister and her mom and her dad. And it was like, I don't know, it was just really cute and fun. And I'm glad that she wanted to include me in on her family adventures, but we got to hang out and, uh, got to go check out all the new dinosaur di- displays and stuff. It's small. It's not, it's not huge. Cause it's on the campus there for the university there, but I just think it's like, I don't know. Natural history museums for me just have such a calming energy of kind of seeing the past and kind of having that deep time kind of perspective. And I thought that they, with having it be kind of this more narrow, it's almost like you're traveling through the strata, like the layers of the 
the layers of the planet, you know, the different ages and stuff. The, uh, yeah, the different ages, different eras, eons. Mm. <laughs> uh, correct me in the comments. Um, but yeah, that was such a blast. And then my favorite weekend was in Santa Barbara. I got to go back to my old stomping grounds where I went to school because I'm, a, um, I went to UCSB. I'm a gaucho. Um, and yeah, that was really fun. And again, uh, getting that fossil was just such a sweet, uh, was such a sweet gift. I really appreciate it. And finally, did not train for the Jurassic 10K, but it's fine. It was super cool. It was for people that don't know LA, Studio City, Burbank, wherever Universal Studios is. It's, it's, there's not a lot of real estate. It's not like going to Disneyland where you have, you know, tons of space and you have these long runs. Cause I used to be a runner in high school. I did the LA marathon twice and I've done half marathons and 10 Ks and stuff. This was what made this really special was that not only did you run through the park, but you ran through, you ran through, um, through the back lot. So if you're like familiar with the studio tour, so you got to run through, you know, the Bates motel set from psycho and you got to run through the airplane crash set from war of the worlds and got to run past the Spinosaurus from Jurassic park three. What, what? And, uh, yeah. So I ran it with my dad, uh, with Brenna white, AKA Beaksels, AKA Bonnie puns and Heather Mason, nerd Heather also ran into Perry Nemiroff, Who's been on the podcast and from collider uh, and Emma Fife too. She's also at collider now. Um, she hasn't been on this podcast yet, but I don't know how big of a Jurassic Park fan she is. Uh, maybe I should ask. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was like at 530 AM and it was just like, it, we got to run through the gates to enter Universal Studios. And then at some point you run through the Jurassic Park gates. Like you don't run in the Jurassic World ride, but you run through the like line. And so you get to run from under the gates, which is really cool. I would have personally preferred to run through the gates through the front instead of through the back. Cause it's, you know, getting to see the sign and run through like that would have been really cool. Uh, but still it was, it was the earliest I've woken up in a long time. And yeah, it was, I mean, it's, I've never done any of those like Disney marathon, like the runs through Disneyland and stuff. And this was universal starting to do them more, but I thought it was so fun. And again, they're playing like Jurassic music along the ride and stuff. And I'll probably insert a clip, um, you know, around here where, well, like one of my favorite moments as far as like that idea of like the Jurassic, being the Jurassic run in that sense. I mean, there was a part where you're like in a tunnel and you just hear like, you know, just like dinosaur sounds. Um, but there was a moment that was really funny where you're running through this tunnel part. You run through Waterworld, uh, and you're running through the ride and then, uh, you hear the music from, from Jurassic World, Michael Giacchino's score. And as you like come burst out through the tunnel through Jurassic parking, you know, you're like, ah, oh, Burbank. And it's like, you almost expect to see like dinosaurs and it's like glorious and stuff. But what's funny is there was a bunch of forklifts. So they all look like a bunch of sauropods, but you know, they're like mechanical sauropods. I don't know. It was just. I 
know. It was just the funniest thing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and very sore afterwards, but it was worth it. And we did the park with, um, we did the park with my dad and his girlfriend, Shannon, and I had to push Brenda in a wheelchair because her IT band was acting up, but it was a lot of fun. We, and, uh, it was, it was fun to go on the Jurassic World ride with my dad because, 20 years ago or whatever we my dad took my sister and i to universal studios it was probably the first time i ever went to universal studios no no because we went to universal studios in florida like when we were like four or five or whatever but this is the this was the first time i'd gone on the jurassic park ride i've posted that picture on social before uh but i got to go on the ride with my dad again which was super fun and my dad posted on his instagram and i'll, I'll post it on the sea jurassic ride instagram but essentially uh, his like scream as he goes down the ride looks the same exact as he did. Uh, like our expressions are basically the same, but you know, the only thing that's changed, you know, um, when I went to that Jurassic world exhibition with my sister in Chicago a few years ago, we kind of recreated a childhood picture of us in front of the green screen from Jurassic park, like back in the nineties. And it inadvertently we had kind of, my dad and I had kind of recreated that moment a little bit when we went down the ride. Cause my dad's very like interactive with, uh, rides and he loved, loved Harry Potter. He's a Slytherin. Um, loved all the like 3D rides and stuff like that. So it was really cool to, to get to go on the Jurassic World ride with him, you know, cause we went on the Jurassic Park ride originally over 20 years ago. So that was really nice. Whew. That was a lot of stuff this month, but it was so much fun. Um, you know, I've been putting in those hours, getting ready for the holidays, but you know, you can't forget to have fun. You can't forget to have fun okay uh <laughs> uh yeah let's take a break and uh and then i want to get to your questions what are the scariest moments in the franchise i just have a couple from social and some emails some really great emails um yeah i'll see you in a second all right and we're back i don't know why i, I did it that way <laughs> uh i also wanted to mention really quickly too I'm wearing headphones today. I think that's why I'm acting all weird. Um, <laughs> it's been, it's been, wow. It's been, yeah, it's been over two years since I went to, since the first time I went to Toronto, uh, and went to the Royal Ontario Museum with Stephanie Cook. Hello, Cookie on social. Very talented comic book writer, uh, and editor and, all around just Renaissance person. And we, I had such a blast at Dino Fest. I really want to do more stuff like that. Dino Fest and Interest Museum of LA. I want to do more stuff like that. So we're starting, we're starting an official campaign to do a Dino Fest at, uh, at the Royal Ontario Museum. So, uh, I posted about it on social in the last couple of days. And yeah, it's just, I love, I want to throw more events and stuff. Obviously stay tuned for January, Los Angeles. And I want to do more Jurassic events. I really want to get the community out there. I really want to get us all hanging out and talking dinosaurs and talking Jurassic Park again next year, lead up filming of Jurassic World three, 2021 Jurassic World three. So I feel like the next two years are going to be really big for Jurassic fans. And I don't want to waste a moment. I think I was just so inspired by how great June of 2018 the lead up to fallen kingdom how much fun that was for Jurassic park fans and even Jurassic june this year was a blast and yeah i just want to keep the keep the dream alive so uh yeah check that out and um you know uh, uh i guess tell your local royal ontario museum employee 
but yeah, let's get to the scariest moments in the franchise. I think the thing that we discovered, so go back and listen to the episode with Luce and Brenna and I, because I think the thing when you talk about Jurassic Park, because there's those elements of horror, but then there's horror as in like jump scare, horror as in like dread, tension, horror as in sort of the sort of immeasurable you know, deep time perspective, this big creature from the past, there's kind of a mix, you know, there's different, there's different, you know, different ways to measure that. So, uh, you know, so that's why I'm excited to read everybody's, uh, responses and stuff. So let's get to God. these emails say Halloween. Ah! Okay. So let's start off. Let's start off with Facebook. And then we'll go into some emails and then we'll go into some other socials. So, um, as far, again, as far as like scariest moments. So again, go back and listen to that episode if you haven't yet, but just the idea that there's different kinds of scary. And I think that's really important to remember when you think about Jurassic Park, which isn't, I don't know why I'm, uh, mansplaining Jurassic Park to you guys. <laughs> All right. And we're back with Brenna White, aka Beaksels, aka Bonnie Puns. You're right in the middle of, uh, the end of this podcast, but. <laughs> Hey, look. The middle of the end. I love that. I'm o- I'm always down for, I don't know if you're like, you're not a surprise guest because I knew you were coming, but. But the, the listeners didn't know. Hey, <laughs> listeners, surprise. <laughs> so what I'm doing right now is I'm reading, <laughs> I like looked and I was like, it's November 21st. I'm reading people's scariest moments. But I said earlier in the podcast, Jurassic Park is all year round. Look, Jurassic Park sometimes is actually like a Thanksgiving movie for a lot of people. Oh, so, yes. <laughs> like, oh, but also the the beautiful feast that Tim happens upon. Uh, yeah, the Lex and Tim happen upon. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Sorry, and Lex, too. But Tim really, like, goes for it with yeah, the yeah. two, with the two uh, cake servers. Well, and the six-foot turkey and all that stuff. Anyway, oh. <laughs> so I was just telling them about when we did our episode with Luce. Again, happy birthday, Luce. Um, that... Uh, what was scary was different for everybody. And, you know, there's like jump scares and like, ah, this is so beautiful, but it's so scary scares, you know, dread, tension, all that stuff. Uh So I was just starting to read people's comments on Facebook in the Facebook group, See Jurassic Park Podcast. Um, uh, yeah, just to read people's opinions about it. So I was going to read the first one. Uh, I'll read the first one from Grayson says, when I, as far as what their scariest moments are for Jurassic Park or the Jurassic Park franchise, uh, Grayson says, when I first saw the original in theaters, I used to hide my face every time a carnivore came on screen. Me too. Given I was five at the time, but I still saw it three times on the big screen. Uh, did you want to read this one from, well, yeah, again, I mean, that was my whole thing. That's my whole Jurassic origin story, which is like, it's scary, but it, you know, but I want to not see it. And I think that's kind of how Luna was too. It's like a little bit of scary, a little bit of fun and exciting. You oh know? gosh, like at the, the Harry Potter. Uh... Oh yeah. That's what we were saying the other day at Universal Studios. They do like a dark arts light show thing. And I'm like, that's going to be her Jurassic origin story. I'm not looking at you. I have to talk into the mic like this. That's why I'm doing this weird sideways thing. Oh, don't worry. Nobody can see that. And, <laughs> uh, and I'm totally fine with it. But also I wanted to say about the dark arts thing. Luna was like, no, don't go any closer. And, like, she kept hiding, but she also couldn't look away. Yeah, no, that's exactly how. So, I think that's a little bit how Grayson kind of kind of saying here. And, again, same thing for me. It's like, it's scary, but also I went back three times. Um, did you want to read this one from Megan? And then you can read Zelma's responses, too, which, I mean, again, Zelma's one of my favorite people. And I always love when she responds yes. to stuff. Megan says, the long grass scene. To this day, when I'm walking through any field of anything tall, that scene comes to mind. And I'm instantly ready to get the hell out of there. 
Zelma responded, I can't not say, don't run into the long grass anytime I'm near an overgrown field. Oh my field. god, me too. Always, <laughs> always. Megan responded, I just got chills. I watch a lot of scary stuff, and there are not many scenes that have a lasting effect like this one does. Definitely one of those scenes that stays with you. Zelma responded, true, as a city kid, I'm already inclined to be very weary of cornfields and overgrown pastures. True. <laughs> we don't have we don't have cornfields in the city. No. Then I'm skeptical. Uh, that scene just validated that trepidation. That would be scary if you walked in an alley, you turn a corner and there's just a cornfield there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I trust it. <laughs> I totally trust it. Give me that corn. So I'm going to read the next one, which is from Jennifer. Again, these are from the Cedar Oscar Wright Podcast Facebook group. She says, the T-Rex breaking into the sunroof and attacking the kids in the car. Yes. We got the whole section at Dino Fest. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and at first, I thought it wasn't a good idea to let my kids see it. My younger son was so into it, he screamed to copy the kids' scream. That's great. <laughs> I love it that the first time I love it that the first time her kids saw it was at Dino Fest and just like part of the movie. I forget who said it, but there was I remember somebody commenting that like, yeah, they show their kids scenes of the movies in piecemeal. So it's like you almost kind of like you're like warming your kid up to the idea of watching something as opposed to like having to make them suffer through the whole thing at first. You kind of like test the waters a right. little bit, which I thought was an interesting concept. Right. Um but yeah, so that's, I mean, look, that scene is, we talked about it in the episode, but that idea that like, that was like an accident that the glass like wasn't supposed to smash. And so I think that's what makes it all the oh, more, yeah. that's what makes it all the more scarier. Uh, did you want to read this response from Zelma? Uh, sure. I'll be Zelma again. <laughs> Play the role of Zelma. <laughs> I'm Brent. I'll be reading the role of Zelma. The raptor head in the lab in Jurassic Park 3 gets me every single time. Also, the T-Rex in the tent in the Lost World. I put my whole fist... Oh, no. I can't click see more. Oh, hold on. <laughs> I put my whole fist in my mouth and silent screamed along with Kelly. Oh, boy. Oh, I know. What, what would you do if you were in a tent and there was... Well, I mean, that was my thing when we recorded the episode. That was like one of my underrated moments from as far as like scary moments. I feel like that moment is so good. Uh, and I feel like it's not kind of brought up as much. I think the idea of these two people in a tent and and then also seeing Ian's realization where he knows what's going to happen. So I think the the kind of juxtaposition of that I thought was like really cool and really terrifying Oh, yeah, here we go. Here's the rest of Zelda's Oh, wow. Comments. Okay, so going back to the Seymour, she has her <laughs> she has her whole fist in her mouth and she's silent screaming with Kelly. Um, not related to the movies, but the scene in the first novel where the raptors stalk Alan and the kids through the labs always creeped me out. I used to read the novel in this one corner of my room. I forever came to identify that corner as a perfect hiding spot for a Velociraptor. Aww. I know. To this day, I still think of it as Velociraptor Corner. And I even found journals from my childhood where I wrote about the Velociraptor Corner. Oh, that darn corner still creeps me the F out. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Like, that's so that's so funny and sweet. I love that so much. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. I just I just took over you being like, no, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Bethany responded to the jump scare and. 
and agree with the tent scene. The, yeah, the tent scene. The tent scene is underrated. The tent scene. Uh, okay, so the next comment is from Susan. Susan says, the original gets the biggest scares from me. Every time the water in the glass starts trembling and you can hear the thud of the T-Rex footsteps, my stomach just drops. That first T-Rex attack always has my heart pounding. Also, the raptor in the kitchen scene is so intense and scary that there has to have been times where I just skipped watching it because it was too much. That's interesting. Have you ever stopped or like skipped over something because it was too scary? Um... I'm more, I'm more of a cover my eyes kind I of I know. I, I cover my eyes. <laughs> I cover my eyes and cover my ears as well. I was just thinking today, so uh, part of this new job I'm doing, I was setting up a culinary trailer for a TV show. Oh, I thought of the kitchen scene when I saw the photos. Oh, yeah. So I was I was going to make a boomerang of, of me like uh, hitting a ladle against the stainless steel because everything's so fresh. But uh, I don't know why I didn't. But maybe I'll do that within uh, the season of... The show I'm doing. <laughs> Season of the Wolf. Uh, did you want to read Kristen's comment? I realized that was also cut off as well, too. Okay, from Kristen. In Jurassic Park, when the water in the cup shakes and the goat leg falls on top of the Jeep right before the first appearance of the T-Rex, the raptor is in the kitchen. In the Lost World, when the trailer is falling down the cliff, no matter how many times I've seen them, those moments are still so scary and suspenseful. In the Jurassic World movies, I think the creepiest moment is in Fallen Kingdom when Maisie is trying to hide in the basement and the Indoraptor runs his claws through her hair. It, uh, yeah, that is really that is really creepy. It gave me chills the first time I saw it. Well, was, <laughs> me too. I'm like, no, in the <laughs> hair. Like, oh, I don't want to think about it right Claw now. in the hair. No, thanks. Um, but also, it made me think, too, that like in Jurassic Park, sometimes scary moments aren't necessarily like with dinosaurs too. I mean, just the, the trailer stuff is really scary as well too. Uh, oh, yeah. you know, like when Sarah Harding is like on the glass and like, you know, as it's breaking and everything, but it all becomes lighthearted with the McDonald's order <laughs> and a double turnover <laughs> and a double turnover. Literally a double turnover. I mean, that's what happened to the trailer. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, Have you talked about that before? No, actually, this is the first time I've ever thought of that. <laughs> Holy shit! Yes. Okay, the last one on the Facebook group uh, was again is again from or no Bethany. Oh yeah, she just responded to Zelma, which is great. Uh, Bethany says her fa- her scariest moments. I have to say in JP two when the T Rex strolls in the camp, pops her head in tent, sniffs Sarah's jacket. It's a brilliant build of suspense. Oh, in most scenes with the Interraptor, I love the design of her. That beautiful mansion, excuse me, very theatrical, gothic, and classic spookiness. Yeah, the Interruptor's scary as shit. Yeah. I, and I, the rain? Is it raining? Yeah, yeah, it's raining. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the Interruptor like the Indominus you almost feel bad for her more. I think the like if you think about it, the Indominus gets eaten by the Mosasaur, whereas the Indoraptor gets impaled by blue. Like, I feel like Indoraptor was less sympathetic to me. I don't know. It's a pretty brutal death. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's a that's a competition. Who's more sympathetic, the Indoraptor or the Indominus Rex? Wait. Because you see her bones, you know? Mm. She's playing cards with, with Zara inside the belly of the Mosasaur. Oh, God. <laughs> They're playing cards. Isn't with... that a nice thought? Yeah. So, thank you, everyone, from Facebook. <laughs> Uh, and then I just have three emails from the email. See JurassicRideAgeva.com. <laughs> oh, yeah, because two of them are from Dusty, actually. No, not because there's one. She had a follow-up. So, uh, oh, yeah, here we go. Let's, well, we'll, uh, let's start with... Uh, Jeremiah, and then we'll go to... We'll finish off the emails with, uh, with Dusty's email because it's really great. So, Jeremiah says... 
Hello, Jeremiah here, Belgian Jurassic on Instagram and Twitter. Wow, from Belgian, Belgium. <laughs> uh, first off, I'm a new listener. I want to congratulate you on the podcast and your interesting conversations with your awesome guests. It's a great escape from life to hear people talk about movies I cherish so much. So thank you. No, thank you. So now to answer your Halloween question, I'm like trying to retro, but it wasn't just Halloween. It was just scary Jurassic Park moments. Uh, but look, Halloween's forever. As I've said. Halloween's forever. Um, I have a few scary scenes. The Lost World, when Sarah is on the trailer window and is slowly starting to crack. That scene was so intense. JP3, the beginning in the Avery when they realize it's a birdcage. Yeah. Which I think is, again, that idea of like yes. building tension. Yeah. Uh, the combination of the music, the fog, and the bridge that was rattling. And then the pteranodon yes. that came out. Awesome stuff. Right. Ooh, and I love this, which I didn't think to include. Battle at Big Rock, when the baby was still strapped to his chair in the oh, trailer, and you yeah. see the Allosaurus trying to get that little guy. Having a toddler myself, it made me feel uncomfortable and, yes, scared. Oh, no. That was the first time I've had that combination of those feelings and gives me high hopes for Jurassic World 3. So there you have it. Keep up the good work and look forward to the next episode. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the one of my top... What We, we did top five, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah top five. <laughs> the Pteranodon was my... Uh, in my top five as well. I also have a toddler. Yeah, that's strapped into the... <laughs> well, I remember um, Hannah um, at Jurassic World in all caps on Twitter, which is like, how did she get that handle? I'm still so curious. She uses the I in world. Oh, oh, I no, in, no, no, in Jurassic, duh. Oh, really? So it's an L, I probably. <gasps> oh my God, I had no idea. That's like a classic like screen name trick. Whoa, I didn't think about that. That is incredible. Um... Uh, we'll have she, to verify this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she said that when she first saw Battle of Big Rock, she thought the baby was like impaled, which is like horrifying, oh, yeah. which is such a horrifying thought. Um, thank you, Jeremiah. I'm so glad to have your your ears. Um, and those are some great scary moments. Um, so let's get on to Dusty's email because she wrote some great stuff. Yeah. And I like she's been keeping the. Oh, I'm just I'm just doing the Jurassic with an LC. Oh, you're right. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Yes. Uh, we stand. Um, oh, tote stand. Love uh, you, Hannah. Um, she says, hello, Stephen. Hope you're having a spooky Halloween month. Let's get into the scariest moments of the Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World franchise. In Jurassic Park, she says the build up to the T-Rex paddock, followed by Rexy's attack on the Explorer. Thank the gods, Dr. Grant. Thought quickly enough to save the kids. The lead up to the kitchen scene and Lex's shaky jello will always haunt me along with the raptors opening the door to the kitchen. They could open doors. That's a great, that's a great point. I mean, just even the thought that they could open doors in the way that they present that in the movie is actually really scary. And I didn't really, I, I always think of the kitchen scene itself, but you're right. The lead up to it is actually as equally scary in a way. And it's wild that they even had a doorknob on the kitchen door when usually it's all galley doors. I which mean, is something I've talked about just because I'm a chef. But <laughs> <laughs> They spared no expense. That's right. That's right. <laughs> We're going to have door handles. Uh, did you want to read the Lost World one? I find myself biting my fingernails every time the T-Rex attack attacks the trailer. If only it hadn't been parked near a cliff, would that scene be as intense? However, the scene that bothers me the most is the reveal that something has eaten the crew of the ship after it docks. Ooh, I didn't. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about San Diego at all. And the poor dog. Oh, what ate them? Where did that creature uh, creatures uh, go? Why? I like how I talked about the dog and you're like, the people, where did they get eaten? It's like the dog. They ate the Rexy ate the dog or not Rexy. That's a, that's the, the, the bull T-Rex. Uh, in JP three says right off the Spinosaurus is intense. It ripped into the plane like a big cookie. 
Yes. <laughs> and it was trying to get to the gooey center, which is the, which in this case is people. <laughs> the scene that made me jump was when Amanda Kirby sees the raptor in the jar at the engine facility. That is definitely still one of the biggest like jump scares in Jurassic Park, uh, is when, um, Amanda Kirby is staring at the, the head in the tank. Oh, yes. That, that still gets me every time. Eek, it's real. Also haunting when the Tyranodon is sitting on the rock and slowly turns its head. We see it <laughs> head on. It's a thing of nightmares. Those eyes. I mean, that was just, that's such a classic trailer moment. And I think it's also like such a good, just like, <laughs> do you want to read the Jurassic World one? Jurassic World. When Owen and the others are in the Indominus enclosure, yes, and they realize it's still in there with them. I believe I was the most grossed out, however, when they found the tracking device. Oh, yes, totally. The tracking device she ripped out of her own flesh. Yeah. First of all, I'm just like, is she okay? Like, (laughs) honestly, that's my first thought. It's like, oh, if I had ripped a a chunk of my own skin where my tracking device was, I would not be okay. I think those are points for Indominus being more sympathetic um, as far as that goes. And maybe she's just like a quick healer. That's part of her genetic makeup. Her special ability. She's Wolverine. Yeah. She's Hugh Hugh Jackman. Um, In Fallen Kingdom, the Baryonyx coming through the tunnel and just barely seeing it through the flashes of lava was so frightening. However, I couldn't help but laugh at Franklin and screaming Aww. I mean I mean that is true I mean I think that's so much about what I like about Franklin is like we like to see how afraid he is it's kind of like why I watch there's like a there's a let's play guy Ape at Ryan where I love watching him play horror games because I like watching him get scared and I feel like that's why I like Franklin it's like fun to relate in how scary it is with somebody in that way um but yeah, the Indoraptor is so intense. The scenes that scared me the most were when it reached out of its cage and it barely touched Macy. Yeah, again, it's it's that's just like classic like creep of like fingers through the hair kind of thing. Oh, right. Uh, and it opened the door and when it's creepy claw reaching for the blanket like it was some big badass wolf. Oh, I didn't. It's a little bit of like a um, little red riding hood in that sense. Oh, Macy has yeah. red hair. Does, does little red riding hood have red hair? Does Macy have red hair? Right? She has red hair. She has like a strawberry she's blonde. The, yeah, she's not Claire. Claire red hair. Right, right, but. right. Okay, battle at Big Rock. I don't understand why they kept the window blinds open. I know that they were watching the dinosaurs and it wouldn't be the same if they had closed it. But still, why aren't you hiding? Then the baby cries and it triggered any maternal instincts. Save the baby! Right, I agree. Because, of course, I'm just like, oh, baby, no, 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 you're okay. Um, well, yeah, maybe they just... I mean, I feel like the window... I mean, you know, I think they're kind of hypnotized by the moment, too. I think that's the thing people forget about. I mean, it's such a horror trope, like you're kind of too hypnotized to do anything. But I think that's true to life. Well, I think that the blinds being drawn may have drawn attention to the dinosaurs as well because it's like an action. It's like a movement. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I feel like when I'm closing blinds, it's like, you know. Yes, and that would have that would have set them off. Uh, Dusty says, hope you have a great Halloween. Stay sexy and save Rexy. Thanks, Dusty. Oh, and then she had then that was the other email which says oh I forgot one more scary moment for Fallen Kingdom the display scene when Claire Owen and Macy are in the dark display and the interrupter is hunting them there's a moment where the lights come back on and Macy stares out the window to see if she can see anything and all of a sudden the interrupter is mirroring her face it gives me chills every time thanks again for the podcast and bringing together everyone their love of Jurassic what I actually think is like at night sometimes when you're like in a house that has like fishbowl kind of windows and you can't see outside I feel like that's really scary I hate that so much 
and that reminds me so much of that scene. And I think about, I actually think about Michelle McNamara's book, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, when she talks about the type of homes that at the time the East Area Rapist, uh, D'Angelo, the um, Golden State Killer, like it, those homes in that area of like Northern California, like kind of Sacra uh, Vallejo and like yeah. all that stuff. Like there was a lot of these kind of these like at the time like modern homes that had these big kind of fishbowl windows and so I actually think of like so when I'm watching Ugh. Fallen Kingdom and that scene I think about that to be honest I mean that's part of why I'm so obsessed with like closing the blinds when I get home and I'm like if there's light inside and I can't see outside and people can see inside I hate that so much yes me too oh it's so creepy um, yeah thank you for your email Dusty your emails all right on Instagram at C Jurassic Ride on Instagram. Spectre Jess says, definitely when Lex falls through the ceiling tiles and the Velociraptor jumps to bite her and she barely gets pulled back before it does. And then that emoji of like, <laughs> which, yeah, is very scary. Uh, at a Stinnett seven, when Tim sees the shadow of the Velociraptor and the kitchen scene. Again, classic. Yes. Uh, and in Lost World, the T-Rex in the tent and running through the Velociraptor field. Again, these are classic, scary Jurassic moments. Oh, wait. I just want to interject with something I'm not sure if we talked about, which maybe someone on Instagram or Twitter will mention. But like when Tim is on the electric fence and like, you know, they're building that tension when Ellie Sattler is like flipping the switches. Yeah. I feel like we did not talk about this. I think if anything, we talked about how the Laura Dern flipping the switches is like an early ASMR. Yes. <laughs> so it's like in that moment when you know that he's about to get electrocuted and you're just like, I'm also a child because I was a kid when I was watching it. It's like, and, yeah. st and still there's that tension because like, you know, Dr. Grant feels so much confidence and he's taking care of these kids. Sorry, this is like a whole thing I'm making. No, no, it's very, it's very, that is actually very terrifying. Sorry, that's all. <laughs> and then def uh, at uh, Ren, Ren and Nitz, definitely the kitchen scene. Uh, Matt, the Allosaur, 1804. The big one reveal at the bunker when, um, shoot, I'm, I'm never good at remembering which raptor is the big one. Uh, but I think they mean when, when, uh, the raptor kills Muldoon, which is scary. Oh, yes. Uh, at Amber Anderson's is one we haven't mentioned before. The opening parasailing scene in Jurassic Park 3 when the boat goes into the mist. What ate them? Oh, that's right. We have, no, we have talked about it because we talked about how the, it was maybe the Spinosaur. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because people have said Pteranodons, but the whole point of Jurassic Park 3 is that Pteranodons get let out at the And it was a croc boy. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was some Pteranodons free because there's the one at the end of The Lost yes. World. Um, but those ones didn't have teeth. Um, at Oh, <laughs> Rach, Rach Robbins uh, responded saying, I'll never be able to go parasailing because of that scene. Uh, at Lindsay Same. at Lindsay Kate says the Dilophosaurus flaring his neck and spitting poison on Dennis um, yeah we, I mean that is I mean the idea that this thing that goes from like cute, we talked about that a little bit that that goes from it was cute, one of my top five yeah yeah that goes from cute to scary um, at Kale Garden 24 says the kitchen scene with the raptors Chris Abel's art he's a great artist says the the raptor surprise um, in the Mr. Hammond, I think we're back in business scene. Uh, J yes. JP, when the T-Rex peers in the windows at Lex. I mean, that eye, I feel like that's a meme of like, you know, of like, oh, they, they just got a real dinosaur, you know, because the eye looks so real. Um, uh, in the Lost World, when the T-Rex pokes his head in Sarah Kelly's tent. Yeah. Uh, 
at Gabby Wallaby says, my mom calls JP a horror film to this day because of the scene in the kitchen, but nothing has scared me as much as the opening of The Lost World when the girl is attacked by the little dinosaurs, yes. the compies. We don't see her injuries, just the mother screaming. That was my number one. Yeah, yeah. No, it's such <laughs> a good choice. It was such a, I, that I didn't really think of. Uh, gives me chills to this day. Ooh, at SKE. Uh, S-K-E-A Han says, the glass of water shaking, so simple, so scary. <laughs> and then also S-K-E-A Han says, the bird cage scene also made me turn the third movie off plenty of times growing up. Uh, and then has an eagle emoji. And huh. then uh, just two more. Uh, at Nina Marie at 723 says, so this might... This might count. My mom threw me a birthday party when I was in third grade. Bless her heart. I opted to take my class to see Jurassic Park 3. The scariest part of the eight nine-year-olds, the trailer for Nicole Kidman's movie, The Others. Oh, <laughs> oh God. That, that's hilarious. That is actually like, that's a weird movie to put in front of. Because Jurassic Park 3 is still a movie that kids would, like, you know, Jurassic Park is has that mix of, you know, f- family-friendly kind of. Sort of. Where The Others is like pure horror yes the others is a fucking terrifying movie okay let's not watch it no, okay. no let's watch it right after this let's watch it right now um, <laughs> at race robbins who says the kitchen scene is the scariest thing ever the raptors tapping the claws while they're thinking about their next move and i love the scene in fallen kingdom when the end raptor gets into macy's bedroom so many classic bits from horror movies the shadows the rain the door handle slowly turning they can open doors macy hiding under her covers in true little kid fashion and again the claw tapping yeah i i thought um jay bionis said that he was inspired Inspired by uh, like a '70s or early '80s version of Dracula, so I think that's a very oh, wow. that's a very apt comparison. So okay, so on Twitter we have at Alan M Ching. He posted a GIF of Sarah Harding with the breaking glass. Says scariest ASMR moment. <laughs> You're right. I know. Clink, 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 right. Oh, <laughs> per- perfect. Um. Oh. <laughs> At Dinosaur Habitat said, the philo- the, lo- <laughs> the velociraptor lunging at Ellie in the maintenance shed. It terrified me when I first saw the film in a cinema as a 10-year-old. Even now, over 25 years later, having seen the film countless times and knowing it's coming, I remain impressed by how effective the attack is. <laughs> oh, it's, it's still so... I mean, again, when I saw it... When I, when I, saw, <laughs> when I saw it for the 20th anniversary with Dax and many other people, but I was sitting next to Dax. I mean, he really did jump as tall as my head, like to my head height in his seat. Oh, really? Wait, the adjoining photo is so funny. Wait, what? Show me. Oh, yeah. That's like the promo photo. This is like, this is in a trading card um, on Twitter. It's uh, uh, all included with the episode, but it's like, it's just an angle that was probably never clearly meant to be seen. Like it's, it's like a promo photo of the raptor um, that is in that scene attacking Ellie when like um, Ray Arnold's like arm falls on her. It's, but it's like from this front angle. So it looks like a Muppet. It's oh, like, no, he has his hand to the side and it's like he's throwing two piece signs and like <laughs> smiling super huge. Hey, kids. I'm a velociraptor. But, you know, two-piece signs as a velociraptor could, which is, like, all the claws. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's great. Genozoic artist. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he he responded to Dinosaur Habitat and said, I agree, definitely the maintenance shed. Coming off the adrenaline rush of better hurry over the fence before Dr. Sattler electrocutes you. (laughs) We're given a moment that feels like we can catch our breath to have it stolen by a lunging velociraptor. Perfection. That's that's a good point. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like a one-two punch uh, kind of situation. A one-two claw kind of situation. At Jay Villabella, Jennifer, who also commented in the Facebook group, she 
posted a gif of Lex in the car shining the flashlight directly into Rexy's face. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would be pissed, too, if somebody <laughs> shined the light in my dang face. Oh, you know that I hate that, too. Uh, sun coming through the blinds. Yeah, even. That's No, true. thanks. Only when I'm waking up. <laughs> At loved dogs and hockey says the raptors in the kitchen always gets me. Even now, when I know how it ends, I get so tense during that part. At code word salt, when I saw it in the theater as a child, I definitely screamed a little when that goat was abruptly consumed. Aww. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because we're all watching the goat and it's like our pal by the end because it's been in there for the long haul, just like you. <laughs> uh, I know. I want to see Jurassic Park from the perspective of the goat. And it doesn't end well. Last but not least, at our dog Tucker said, I would probably say Tim and Lex in the kitchen with the two raptors. I'd say that's probably the most popular. Yeah, I mean, I think overall is like... Or the most, not I wouldn't say most popular, but like the most memorable from Jurassic Park. Well, and I think we talked a little bit in that episode too of like, and you've, I think you've always pointed out, it's like being there as a kid in that scene like you relate you, we think of the strategies how would we get out of yes. this i think it's the most re- like pure relatable kind of thing yes it's so. like um i'm like it's like a dinosaur it's stainless steel labyrinth <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like i mean that could be an escape room that could be yes. a, like a legends of the hidden temple kind of situation you know it, it's like it's kind of like a pure, it's a very like self-contained situation. I think that's why it works so perfectly. Right. Uh, well, thanks for joining me, Brenna, oh, at gosh. the very end of this mini-sode. You're welcome. Um, thanks, everyone, for sticking with it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed all the discussion this month. I mean, so much. I'm really looking. So, uh, every, thanks, everyone, for answering your questions. It was so great to hear all your scary moments. And I just want to watch the movies again right now and get scared all over again because Halloween is forever. Halloween um, is forever. Uh, so this goes into my next question, because, again, we talked about all this great drastic news over the last month and a half. So much casting, expanding the cast from six to 13, uh, which is wild that the cast jumped in size in the last two months. It doubled, it's, basically. Yes, but so satisfying. Like the, like the lingering questions of like, are Franklin and... Zia returning. Well, yeah, they yeah they, they were confirmed. So yes, which is I mean, so like, exciting. Yeah, so it's just like nice for us. To oh, like, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that like it. We finally that mystery that they are going to come back. It was nice to. It, yeah, it would have sucked to have to waited till like next year to find that yes. out. Yes, so it's uh, nice that we got that satisfaction. And uh, I'm, I know that you talked about this. Uh, I'm sure earlier, but when Laura Dern came out and made that announcement, yeah, yeah. with Colin Trevorrow, it was uh, excellent. So good. So that leads me to the question that I want to leave y'all with at the end of this episode, which is what Jurassic news do you want to see most in 2020? So where they're starting to film at Pinewood in February, you know, we're probably going to get a trailer at the end of November next. So in one year from now is probably when we're going to get a trailer. Uh, Cause that's usually when they release them or around the Super Bowl time um, in 2021, but we'll probably get one before then. I forget how that worked. Now my brain's all scrambled about when we got the trailer last time, like either October or like November the year before. So obviously that's like the big one at the end of next year, but I mean, title more casting news, f- set photos, you know, maybe if the Jurassic World uh-huh. live tour is coming to your city, I don't know, like what what kind of uh, confirmation that other dinosaurs like other than Blue and Rexy are coming back? Like, what kind of news do you want to hear? Um, let I'm, me. 
Oh, oh sorry. I was just going to say, I'm so curious about the title now that you brought up the title. I know. <laughs> Jurassic Park 6, Jurassic World 3. It's just right. going to be a long title. <laughs> um, but yeah, let me know what Jurassic news that you're looking forward to. I mean, yeah, again, I think especially in that this first six months of 2020, I think there's so many possibilities. So uh, let me know, like comment in any of the socials, see Jurassic Great podcast group, call 323-688-6969 or email cjurassicright at gmail.com to leave, again, some longer comments as well. Uh, thank you everyone for being here and hold on to your butts because they've been thoroughly scared. So you got to, you got to comfort them a little bit now. Comfort your butts. Comfort your butts. Happy six foot turkey day. And I will see you very soon. Uh, thanks Brenna. You're welcome. Goodbye. Now you can also interact with me and the show by following me on Twitter at Stephen Ray Morris and following SJR Pod on Twitter, See Jurassic Ride on Instagram, See Jurassic Ride on Facebook, or you can send me an email at seejurassicright at gmail.com. Not only am I looking forward to talking to people about their Jurassic Park experiences and hearing yours, but I also am going to be sharing ephemera from my childhood and, oh God, I'm going to share the fan fiction uh, on there as well and pictures and toys and everything. It's going to be great. And I wanted to thank Caitlin Thompson and Tim Ruggery at ACAST, Molly McLear, Heather Mason, Stephanie Cook, Sarah Iyer, and you. See Jurassic Right is an ACAST podcast. Check out the show on their mobile app. And thank you for listening. Until next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.